honorary patron of this video is Crazy Ivan. Ivan, thank you for over four years of supporting this community. You are the best. Hello everyone, Venus here. And I am the Loose News Moose Goose. And this is I Don't Know Podcast because we don't know a lot of stuff but like to talk about them. And recently we were not doing this too often because of me. I'm to blame right now because I'm working on a new SFO update, The Great Plan. And uh, considering the amount of work that has to go to it involving himself and a full team, I think, you know, we can be a little bit lenient about that. This one time. <laughs> I will, with every update, I'm always uh, very concerned how it, uh, how long it takes, even with all the resources that we have right now and how many people are working on it. But I don't want to go down with quality, you know. Absolutely, of course. Yeah, and um, lose maybe, going out from the modding right now. What's up with you? for this time that we were not uh, podcasting? Well, uh, a lot of stuff has actually been going on. I may be suddenly leaving the state that I'm in. I may not. I've started a new job. I may be leaving it for a new, new job. I may be making a huge purchase that'll take most of mine and my wife's money. That also might not happen. And I was just exposed to someone with COVID today, like within like really re like high five distance. So a lot's going on right now. <laughs> oh, um, I also stream on Twitch. Ooh, okay. Whenever I find time, because God, things are so chaotic right now. But yeah, that's what I got going on. What about yourself? Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, no, we are not going to talk about any drama that was recently. But as I was saying, I'm focusing mostly on modding and uh, attending to my son and wife. And in about several weeks through. Uh, Looking on schedule, it should be three or four weeks we'll have a second child. But we shall see how it will end. Until this time, I hope to release SFO and <laughs> have a little break with the family, as you can uh, understand, I hope. But well yeah. deserved. And in the moment of recording this, because we are recording on Sunday, the first big uh, campaign beta was released for SFO Grim Hammer, the great plan update with Lizardmen, etc., without Beastmen just yet, but we are very close to release, so don't worry. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, and that would be all. I hope that we will be able to have those podcasts more often. <laughs> but as I was saying, this is my fault. Always something is uh, an enemy. And as a side note, recently we worked Patreon of SFO Patreon, and right now it has rewards for this podcast. So... On the specific tiers, you will be able to uh, post questions for a special podcast that we'll, we'll be talking about and also have your as a guest in this podcast. Mm -hmm. oh, okay, so that would be all. And getting to the main topic, uh, we have a specific topic today in, in this why should you play Warhammer 2 and why you should not play Warhammer 2. We want to talk about stuff that we like in this game and what we don't like in this game. Because I am fully prepared to get yelled at over this. <laughs> because in most people said that we are uh, complaining in podcast uh, most of the time about Warhammer, but we are complaining about stuff that we don't like. All the rest we really love because we love this game. We are playing it for over four years right now. God, how the time flies. Yeah. I'm old. 
Oh no! <laughs> That's a not good sign, you know. Oh, my wife's finding gray hairs in my beard these days. It's like ah, so mortality. You when you started because for those that are listening to us and not watching on YouTube, uh, Louis have a long beard. It means that when he started to play Warhammer, he didn't have a beard. You need to play Warhammer to have a beard. As you oh. see, I don't have a beard still, so I'm not playing alone. They're too busy modding the damn thing. <laughs> okay, uh, Luz, I think we should go with uh, the good thing from you. First, what's the yeah. good thing why you should play Warhammer 2 it's for a person that is never playing the game and is listening right now? Do you mind if I go ahead and go first? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I said. Go with the good oh. thing, and I will go with the bad things, because all people know that I love talking about bad things. <laughs> all right. So um, why would anyone want to play Total Warhammer 1 and 2? Uh, specifically 2. I grew up as a wee tot playing various Warhammer games, um, Warhammer War games, like strategy uh, stuff, on the original Xbox forget the name of it but that's where i was first introduced to skaven and a bunch of like how it was actually originally like this miniatures thing all that kind of stuff because i originally encountered warhammer as a role-playing game on tabletop so i was really obsessed with this campaign warfare thing it was my i had n never encountered anything like this before uh and it was like all of my favorite characters that i read about in the lore for stuff actually going at it and having like these cool rules associated with them and yada, 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 yada. And it was fine. It was good. And I played several games like this. And then uh, one day someone introduced me to a mod for Total War Medieval, I think. Medieval 2? I, I don't Medieval know. Medieval 2. Which was um, a Warhammer mod for that. And I was just like, oh, oh boy. And I played that for as much as I could. And I was never very good at it because I was like new in a total war. And then I got the official announcement for uh, total war four or five years ago. And I just lost my mind. I was so excited. And then I finally got to play the damn thing. And I didn't manage to even get it until Bretonia and the blood elves had just dropped. And ever since playing the original total Warhammer, and then moving on into two, I have never been able to go back to any of those other warfare type Warhammer games. There's, it's so, it is such a, an echelon, like tiers above what the other ones were. And it's so much grander in scale, which fits with like the overall theme of Warhammer, everything being so over the top and just enormous. And everything's like all the characters are there and they each have their own thing. And as, as times went on, even the uh, factions from the first game have managed to like really shine and bust out hell the beast men which were originally like the eh, child whenever total warhammer 2 came out beast men have... always need to be on a podcast i see <laughs> those are my boys but now they are just like this crazy like full speed ahead faction that other like other ones can't really match even they have their own thing as um it, it's so wonderful it is so fun and i I have a thing where I very easily get bored with a certain game, even if it's got a lot of different uh, things and nuances to it, even if I mod the hell out of it to be extraordinarily complex because I have a huge complexity addition when I play games. I have never, ever in like four to five years 
gotten completely burnt out on playing the Total Warhammer series so far, and I really don't see that changing anytime soon because I have so much damn fun with it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree totally with it. Totally, totally worry what you just said, and uh, I think that Total War Warhammer is what Dawn of War was for 40k. Oh, yeah, actually, that is it, yeah. it, it really. Uh, made people sink into it uh, again. I, I, I was uh, a very similar example to you because I was, in terms of fantasy, I was not playing uh, almost any game in my life. In terms of fantasy, I was only playing uh, tabletop RPG fantasy. And for a very long time, when I was in college, I was a game master. I'm game master to this day playing in Warhammer. And the only fantasy game that I remember I played was Mark of Chaos, and it was a very bad game. I remember it as, as it was a very bad game. I I finished like, like two campaigns in it from six, so it meant a lot for a person that was raised on RTS games. I loved RTS game, but I, mm. I couldn't play it. it. It was too bad. Especially that this same company made Armies of Exiga that I think well, it is one of the best RTS clone of Warcraft 3 to this day. But it's a side topic. But uh, yeah, Total War Warhammer invigorated Warhammer fantasy in my life, really. I thought that 40k is the ruler for me for a very long time. After Dawn of War also, and many books, but Total War, Warhammer just won the spot for me, really. Uh, for people that like fantasy, this is there is no better game. There is really no better game to sink into uh, this grand battles uh, fantasy world. I uh, yeah, same as you. I completely agree on that as well. I didn't even think of the like the parallel between how good this is, like the Total War is for fantasy, as uh, Dawn of War is to forty k. And I was kind of in the same boat because um, growing up and playing forty k uh, inspired games, and then um, running into more and more of them over time. Like I got a, a library right here, of course, all the Dawn of Wars, um, and then there were the other ones like where uh, Space Marine, where you just play as uh, uh, what was his name? Was it Titus? I don't Titus, know. Captain Titus from Ultramarines. Yeah, oh, Man, so that game cannot... is so fun. Yeah, but those would be so. Uh, you know, we we can make an episode. <laughs> this fun. is a side topic podcast I'll, I'll, because I'll we like to do side topics. <laughs> they say a mark of good being good conversationalist is uh, being launched into tangents all the time, which I suppose is a tangent in and of itself. Actually, <laughs> anyway. So, but yeah, it is. Um, it's so far up there and it reinvigorated my love for fantasy so much. Like I already really loved fantasy. And then there was just this drought of stuff um, related to fantasy that I couldn't personally partake in because I did not have the money for the models and I didn't have any like game stores nearby where I could actually play. And that persisted for a long time until total war uh, Warhammer came out and I could actually like sink my teeth into some good fantasy. And it was like reigniting a fire in me. I'd always loved, uh, characters like Nagash. Oh, I still love Nagash. He's one of my favorite necromancer in all of fantasy. And I'm livid. PG-13. I'm very upset that he did not ever come into two. If he doesn't come into three, I'll die. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just out of spite. There will be a lot of DLCs for Warhammer 3, I think. But uh, getting to the main point, uh, mm -hmm. like uh, how uh, Creative Assembly was able to handle ho whole immersion of uh, Warhammer as a fantasy world is for me, is amazing. And the thing that many people don't look on uh, are the text. The text of events 
of missions, uh, simple things like technology description, all of those are like Warhammer just floating from your screen. And for a person that knows Warhammer Fantasy a lot, if you read some of those texts, they are amazing. Mm-hmm. I remember, um, I'm pretty sure I remember this correctly, even before the Skaven were announced, uh, there is an event that ticks in the game. And I remember seeing it where it's like a symbol is marked onto a, what looks to be an abandoned village. And I was just like, oh my God, that's rats, isn't it? Yes, they were uh, mentioned many times. Uh, <sighs> not du- Never directly, but yeah, uh, things like that uh, were great. And also uh, we can mention at this point uh, how the advertisement of Warhammer 2 looked like. Because to the last month, uh, Skaven were not uh, announced, let's we say, it, but they were leaked. There was there were so many leaks, like let's call it leaks with Skaven. <laughs> and uh, when the release came, those rats uh, on the stream, uh, those those of all of you that don't know about it, but uh, one of the streams that Total War uh, crew had developers uh, in a very strange moment. Uh, Plush uh, rats just started to fall down from from the roof, <laughs> <laughs> and they were saying rats, rats everywhere. And then we had this amazing trailer. So uh, also, this is I I would uh, pin it to what you were saying, how the game really embrace this immersion, this world. You can really feel it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's um kind of related to that. Is there any character? where you thought the voice actor got them just right? I I think that uh, I don't have problems with uh, voice actors overall in this game. But remember that English is not my native language, so I don't know many actors that, uh, mm. you know, give those voices. I know the guys from the uh, Game of Thrones, etc. But the guy that's uh, giving the voice for Gortek, mm. uh, Gortex, Gortex, the dwarf, what's his name? Go Trek. I never heard about him before, really. Well, I meant more like in like their delivery, like in your head. Did Carl Franz always yeah, sound like there's that? There's always uh, someone the lector counts is always sounding the same. Like uh, we have the saying one that uh, there are uh, there was a cartoon penguins of Madagascar or something like that, and mm-hmm. uh, and. They had uh, perfect dubbing in Polish. Polish dubbing was way better than English for me. Uh, and they have uh, something like high five. They, 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 were, they were catchphrase of them. And yeah. there are memes with it. That, uh, there's an image and high five in Polish. And you can hear it. There's same with Warhammer. Uh, when I see miniatures of Carl uh, uh, Franz, as you say, Tyrion, Teclis, Malekith, I can hear them. Especially uh, Malekith from uh, Dark Elves trailer. It only just begun. Uh, and it's like, oh! It's giving me chills to this day. One of the best trailers <laughs> in the moment. I've only just begun, sorry, he said. I've only just begun. I, I have a bit of a <laughs> guilty, like... I oh God, it almost... I, like... For how stupidly edgy Malekith is, how ridiculous his character is, for how like evil he's supposed to be, I still love him. <laughs> he is by far my most played dark elf guy. Yeah, yeah. Even he is. Even that he's. We are getting to the second point, and second point won't be good points. So 
first point uh, said by Luz was a good point. So superb invention, really giving, making Warhammer World alive. And I'm getting to the second point why you should not play Warhammer. And you should not play it if you're a perfectionist like I. And the thing that really bothers me the most in this game are insane gaps between legendary lords and the factions right now in vanilla yeah 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 and and i have an example from this dlc that i will read to you dear listeners and watchers on youtube Cal france trade gives <laughs> plus eight leadership to his army you will say this is not a bad trade okay but let's check on Volkmar the Grim. He's giving comparison, yeah. Eight melee defense to flagellants, three company militia, and all knights. So three types of units. Eight uh, melee defense. Plus ten physical resistance to again flagellants, free company militia, and knights. And four public order to his own province. And tell me please. What's better here? <laughs> well, obviously, Carl's better. Okay, my... let me go uh, to the another comparison with faction effects. Carl Franz has plus two new levels for lords, plus ten uh, diplomacy bonus with empire, mm -hmm. minus fifteen upkeep for greatsword one unit. This is one unit only. And plus ten percent movement for all lords. Not bad, you say. But getting no, no, again to Volkmar the Grim. Uh, magic item drops plus twenty percent. This is okay. Bonus versus infantry for flagellants, empire nards, and free company militia plus eight. It means that it increases damage by eight, and melee attack of those all units. Witch hunters. Are recruited on level four, and also priests on level four. So for uh, bonus levels, and all arch lectors and warrior priest spells, I have minus thirty-three percent duration, uh, cooldown reduction. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> one thing that you have to consider is that. Uh, as Carl Franz has the campaign movement increase, that means he's got to go fast. So obviously he's the better choice. <laughs> okay, so then why should you play Carl uh, Franz if you can start at Volkmar and just recruit Carl Franz? You know what? Completely invalid. Why would you play either of them when you can just play Balthazar Gelt? <laughs> yeah, the Balthazar Gelt is even better because Gelt have a crazy faction bonus. I need to find him. Guilt has all the goodness. Yes, plus 10 armor for all units. Upkeep reduction minus 50% for wizards. You can make three wizards uh, thanks to it. Uh, uh, cap for all wizards plus, plus two. So it means like uh, how many wizards do they have? Five or six. So uh, let's say at mm -hmm. least 10 free, uh, 10, 12 uh, free heroes. <laughs> <laughs> and increased uh, uh, increased stuff with climates, so yeah. But this is this is only a small example. But when you compare, let's say, uh, Krogar to Oxyotal, 
what Kruger have? Kruger have as a leader, as a faction, he have minus 10% upkeep for all units. I mean... This is all. This is all. He doesn't have anything. But let me finish. Oxyoto <laughs> have... <laughs> melee attack, melee defense, and leadership for each plus one for each skin crank. Damage bonus, uh, uh, melee and missile for one uh, percent for all skins for each rank, and minus twenty five percent upkeep for all skins. And I'm not even talking about sacred sanctums, about his mechanics, teleportation missions, items, everything. Well, um, hmm. Krotgar gets to ride a big lizard. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Even going further, Malikiv against uh, Rakar. Malikiv, besides starting position, have really nothing right now. Mm-hmm. This is the thing that I... I, I think this is the biggest problem of this game right now that could be easy fixed with temporary stuff. Like, uh, let's see on the Calfran stuff. Again, he have this movement plus 10, Rexguard minus 15, Diplomacy plus 10, and New Lords plus 2. Why not just double it? Easy fix. He doesn't get any mechanics, but his campaign effects are strong. Just double it. Like, right th- like that. Or uh, he's even uh, trait that's like plus eight leadership, make it fifteen, and he will be viable. He will be good compared to Volkmar, because if you want to have everything OP as we have right now in the game since uh, the Warden in the Punch uh, DLC, then uh, why not just increase the stuff a little bit? And this is the thing that bothers me so much in Vanilla right now. There's a lot of. Um... I don't know. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm not like working in a big studio, and I'm not even a modder like uh, vendors here is. But these just seem like thirty minute fixes, including yeah. turning stuff on and turning it back off again. And, easy, easy stuff. Yeah, and I I don't understand why that just doesn't get done. Um, not like in like a belittling sense. I I cannot comprehend why that wouldn't just be done. It seems like the tiniest thing to be able to do. I, I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, sadly, uh, gaps between legendary lords are a thing that I, I really, really, really hate with this game. And are also gaps between factions right now because we have factions like Lizardmen as a faction that literally have almost nothing. That They have croak, blessed units, Edicts, uh, Geomantic Web, those things are really not working when you compare them to how polished the Skaven are in the game right now. Even Empire, even Bretonia. God, just by themselves, the Skaven's undercities beat anything else that the Lizardmen have. And then each individual Skaven faction has something so nuance that it could be an entire other faction even, even the thing. small things you know uh, as, as we were saying scrolk scrolk was very generic on the release and they gave him plagues with this very simple fix mm-hmm. this is this is a fix on the level of doubling effects for platforms for me really of course in terms of tables and uh, actual work uh, it's more about the result would be the same 
I, I know many people say that, no, you're playing this faction, you like this legend.org, you have better experience, etc. But for me, the problem is that playing as Cal France, you will mm-hmm. never get the same level of power as playing as, let's say, Oxyotal or even Wolfhard. Because mm-hmm. you just don't have any means to do it. This faction, this lord doesn't have anything. And it, it just feels bad. I have often, well, excuse me, I, I'm not often, but I can recall several times where it's like, man, it feels really, you know who I'm in the mood to play X or Y character right now. But then I look and I'm just like, oh my God, I don't want to deal with their lack of anything to do or their starting location or just the grind you have to go through it in order to start having fun with them. When I can just, like you said, play a different faction and then in a couple of turns confederate them or anything like that. Yeah, this is also with uh, Beastmen right now, with Torox. Torox, yeah. for example, there's no reason to play other Beastmen right now, especially that you can just summon other legendary lords. Yeah, I mean, you, you play Torox and you press the I want to play as Malagor button and it's not even he comes out of the Lord pool and you can start building him up. You just also get him and all the work he's already done. That part's crazy. That is the craziest part. Yeah, oh. yeah. It's it's like an Uber conversion. At least I like this mechanic, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I like it too. But there's not a lot that can you can compare it to. Like you can kind of say green skin and north skin leadership butting heads confederation, but it's so much faster and easier than that. Yeah. God. <laughs> And I guess that, that this all segues into a point that I had. I have a point of contention. I, this is my side of the maybe not play Warhammer 2 thing, like he was saying. And that is, um, I didn't know how bad some of it was until a friend of mine convinced me to get Shogun 2. And then um, I started playing it and other older titles. And that made me think about other uh RTS games and grand strategy games that I enjoy playing. And as I noted, uh, said earlier, I have an addiction to complexity in my games and I just surface level. And this happens every time that something new comes out, like, um, like an official DLC and I have to scrub all the mods out. It's just, it's so bare bones. Like there's a clear right decision for every faction in a given situation. There's not a whole lot of give and take where if I don't do this, um, I, I can do this instead. It's it's more of a case of if I don't do this, this is just completely suboptimal and bad tactically. And I, I just, I don't, that doesn't do it for me. Like um, It feels like you, ha- you don't have a choice sometimes. Yeah, it, it feels like I don't have a choice or it feels like that that there's just a lacking of things to do especially like what you were saying with some factions it's just like make army of 20 units and run in one direction for a lot of them yeah and there's nothing else going on with the faction at all which um, may sound a bit hypocritical considering how much i like the beastmen but whenever i'm playing someone like carl friends or the Witch King Malekith. We talked about both of them quite a lot. Carl, I want to run an empire. That's what I want out of my empire fantasy. Malekith, I don't want to just feel like a big shot Dark Elf. 
I would like to have Malekith pursue his goal of taking over Ulthuan. I want that to be a bigger part of it. And people will, and these are just examples, because some people really like their sandbox. The uh, Malekith decides he hates Tomb Kings and just runs across the ocean, whatever. I'm not saying make it to where it's completely out of the player's hands, but at least like give the characters more identity, make them more complex, make the campaigns they have more complex, because hell, it really feels like the difference between Malekith and his mother, who should have like different goals, or just the starting location. That's all the difference yeah. is, it feels like. Yeah, your, po- your point is uh, very valid and so linked with my. I have a friend that uh, recently started to play Warhammer, and he was playing, on, uh, he didn't bought any DLC, only had Warhammer 1 with DLCs, and started playing Warhammer 2. Mm-hmm. And he was playing some of the non-DLC factions, and he said that they're great in compared to Warhammer 1. Because Warhammer 1, the factions, none of them had complexity. So the <laughs> yeah. gaps weren't, but it wasn't a bad thing at the time because uh, no complexity means that all of them were equally fun, let's say. Mm-hmm. But uh, with the with that I'm always going to compare, the Grom and the Punch gave so much quality in terms of faction relocks, the green skins, the cool mechanics, even the Elfarion cave, at the time was said that was bad in compared to the uh, food mechanic that Grom had. I still, I think it's one of the better mechanics that CA made. I like I the uh, Alfarion cake because he ha- it had a lot of choices, really a lot of choices. But the, my point here right now, the biggest one is that when my friend was starting to playing and I showed him uh, the DLC, I think... Uh, it was the Malus DLC, or oh, the Snitch, yeah, the Shadow and the Blade. Mm-hmm. And I showed him the real Skaven Lord, what he can do, uh, he can do. And he was like, he felt scammed. <laughs> that oh the DLC, DLC and the free LC, the later ones, were way better that were done under the release and never got updated. I. It's very valid. I. I completely understand where he's coming from, and this, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's completely not what we're saying. It's well, no, because that that's a different conversation about like, uh, paying content. Should paid content be so much better than the the game required to play it or blah 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 but it's essentially the same thing because what we're asking for is that every character feels as good as each other yeah right? uh, you need to also compare that someone is not playing the new content on a release the friend mm-hmm. of mine was play, playing recently so he don't know that this DLC was released with XYZ so when he looks on the DLC content in compared to what is in the game right now, mm-hmm. this is the thing that we were talking. We were talking with the last DLC uh, review that paying for this DLC is okay because we are not getting on the DLC, but only uh, also good free content. Yeah. But if you are not in a loop right now of Warhammer content, it can feel a very mixed. <laughs> you know. You know, I've never really thought of that because I've. I mean, I've, for the last five years, I've kept up with everything with these two games. I don't, I don't really have any any roots in uh, understanding 
just coming into it and seeing it for what it is currently. That's uh, I, I want to spend some more time thinking about that. If I really talk more about it, that's, we that's need very to find a find a noob and make a podcast with him. Uh, you want to have your friend on? Oh, he's not speaking English well. Uh, ah, he's speaking even uh, less than me. <laughs> I have nothing nice to say, so I'm going to be quiet there. <laughs> yeah, he will be like make s- subtitles, you know. <laughs> and yeah. My son just learned how to do. Precious. <laughs> yeah, he's like, okay, but, okay, but. <laughs> Not That's how he's so doing. That's so cute. Yeah. And Yeah, we were watching Asterix and Nobelix, and he saw it and asked, what is it that the analyst said to him? He's okay, but. <laughs> he's not doing it. But yeah, I, I think we can stop whining. Because <laughs> we gave uh, one good point to bad points, and we can go to the final point. Uh, the point that I think uh, is the best in the game is diversity. This game is diversity, the diversity that made me come back to Total War also, because I was not playing Total War since I don't want to lie, uh, uh, Rome, I think. I never played Shogun. Rome, yeah. Rome was the game, the last Total War that I was playing. I I played very briefly in Medieval 2, mm-hmm. but always had different stuff on my mind. But Total War, Warhammer, and how diverse factions are in this game, even if we are not looking only on the complex mechanics that we are talking in campaign, mm-hmm. but sheer units, abilities, visuals, UI style, icons, my God, this is insane how this game diverses right now. And it's still growing. You, you know what? I have, um, you'll appreciate this. You like chaos. Uh, even for, even with my complaints earlier about some campaigns feeling very samey and some characters having a lot less going on than, than others. Um, just within the measly three different chaos lords we have right now between Archeon, Kolek, and Pretty Boy McGee, uh, <laughs> the campaign, for at least personally for me, between playing as Archeon, the Everchosen, and playing Kolek, the uh, PG-13, uh, the beat-everything-up guy, I don't know, I'm not really good at not cursing, <laughs> uh, it feels so, so much different, the, the um, just directing those two forces, which are, are sensibly the same, those the minor changes between the two still lends to some very different gameplay. And um, I just, I love that. I'm in the same boat as you are. I, I love how, like g- going back to um, Eltharion, uh, the, the cage versus, and like um, not versus, but Lithanars, I have assassins and I have quests to go assassinate people across the yeah. globe. Stuff like that. So cool and so different. Not just starting location, but how you think about what to do. Um, I really, really enjoy that. Also, side thing, I really love how Eltherian's, uh campaign mechanic kind of incentivizes you to actually fight battle so you can use it. I, and I think that was very clever and I kind of want more of that. It has a disadvantage that the cage is not really working in Outer Resolve still. No. Just a minor thing. But yeah, uh, this is funny because uh, I think the biggest uh, advantage of this game links with the disadvantage 
So the gaps between the legendary lords and the factions. But still, if you look on the surface, it's amazing, really. You can play vampires that doesn't have any range units, can raise their dead against, let's say, dwarf that are turtle factions and have a lot of uh, range units, artillery, and also vampire cons. Even that I don't like this faction, I respect it that it's working. A faction made of range units mostly that it's just working. Or lizards that are riding other lizards. <laughs> Everything works in this game and how much love and work CA put in uh, different animations, the feeling of these factions. Because none of the faction doesn't feel as this faction. They mm -hmm. may lack mechanics, but as you're playing Lizardman, you feel an ancient being that's protecting this world. Even Chaos that is bare bones right now, you feel it's a chaos. It's a chaos faction. Yeah, I've never had uh, in in deep in my most foul moods, I've never been playing a faction and lost a battle and started blaming it on how these don't even feel like the blah blah blahs. They honestly, it's it's very apparent that a lot have care has went into making this and, and people like to harp on them for tiny uh nitpicky nuancing details but they also forget several instances where it's like hey this uh like uh, uh calador man Imric, here's an entire faction um or an entire new thing and he's got a whole series of super quests going on and new units and all that here take it Oh, yeah. here's um, just sync kill animations. We made these on our day off because we thought they were super cool and wanted to share them with the community. Take them. Stuff like that. And you can't just ignore that the good and only hold the bad against CA. I think that's very, very unfair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a point that people uh, talk about uh, quite a lot when they're saying... Uh, very bad things about the game and some other can say that it's it's hate uh, it's unfair criticism but i think that many people criticize on ca because they know that they can do amazing stuff mm -hmm. really they can make jabber slide they can make a uh, calador like you were saying the whole faction uh, with prince Imrek. that's are amazing and then they can make kotal it's yeah it's it's very, you can't expect perfection every time. That's unfair. However, I can expect a degree of competency from you. You've shown that you can hit the nail on the head multiple times. Yeah. I just want that. I want that level of stuff mm -hmm. in general, not a snake with a block for a head. Yeah, yeah. And I still think that uh, with all the... Uh, disadvantages, things that you should not play uh, the game are mm. nothing compared to why you should play it. Because if you like yeah. RTS, if you like fantasy, then you should sell your chair and buy everything that is in Warhammer <laughs> 2. Really. This game is worth it. Every penny is worth it. I have over 3,000 hours in this game right now. And I no, don't regret any hour. In it. Of course, many of those hours were modding, but I still don't regret it. I'm playing this game to this day for over four years right now, and I don't, I can't say about any game. <laughs> That's... I, I've only 
there's only one other game that I've consistently played throughout the years. It's a little tiny game. Uh, some of you may have heard of it. It is called Team Fortress 2. It has a little degree of pedigree. Oh, if um, we are talking about such games, then yeah, I have such games, but you know, not such so regular regularly as uh, Warhammer 2. That, that's what I'm trying to say is um, the fact that it can even compare to something as addictive and fun as like these other decades long titles is crazy uh, for what was initially a niche genre and a kind of, well, not really a niche um, in liking Warhammer, but just like it definitely was not a mainstream topic. And the fact that it has done so well and commanded my attention for so many years, it's just, it's so well done, man. It's so good. Imagine when we get Warhammer free uh, and it's uh, life cycle will be ending and this massive package with all the DLCs and everything. I don't, I don't want to think about the <sighs> price even, how much money I spend on this game. Yeah, I'm trying not to think about that part. But, <laughs> but I, what I'm looking forward to, I'm going to be fully transparent, is I'm waiting until the end of the development cycle of all three games so things quit updating and I can just spend my Twilight years modding this series until I die. <laughs> Getting up to that three, 400 mod list echelon that I, I strive for. Yeah, so you won't need to update it with every DLC again. <laughs> it, it kills me. I laugh just through the pain. <laughs> yeah, th this is also a thing that uh, I sh I think uh, that we did not talk about, but uh, this would be a mutual point. Modding this game is amazing. It I'm not. Really I'm not talking. I am not talking about overhauls packages like F SFO because those do not compare to those small quality of life mods. That damn it, this game will live forever thanks to mods. Mm -hmm. Really. There it is it's it's like a it's, it's like a master stroke on CA's part too because there yeah. are games that are only still alive because of the extensive modding tools and opportunity for players to you know play around with the game skyrim is uh, going on a decade now it's not going on the back of it just being an Elder scrolls game it's going on the back of what you can do to it as a moddable game yeah xcom uh, 2 the, same thing the best thing that skyrim got was uh, from Bethesda part, stop supporting it. Because the moment when official patches stopped uh, releasing, modders went crazy. Mm -hmm. I, quick thing, uh, occasionally, you, you know what, I'm not even going to go down. The, I'll, I'll talk about Bethesda. I'm trying to be very measured in what I say right now. I'll talk about Bethesda on another podcast because that's a long <laughs> topic for me. Yeah, uh, we, uh, I was reading about the stuff with the Bandalords right now situation and Tailworks and Nexus oh God, mods. There, yeah. are, there, there are a lot of topics around modding right now that we, I, I think we will talk about them in the podcast for sure. That sounds fun, yeah. Uh, because modding situation changes quite rapidly. <laughs> Have, oh my god, just, I'm not going to talk about it because there are some words that I would have to use to speak about it. Uh, I like file, Fallout 76. Uh, there is something that has been going on in the Skyrim scene in the last week, I think, that has been uh, sending ripples throughout that entire community, which has been uh, like, oh my god, levels of stuff going on. So if you're interested in that. I'm not one to spread drama, but it uh, is actually kind of impacting a lot of things right now. Because uh, that's all I'm going to say. Look into yeah. it if you're interested. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I was reading about this a little bit today, but getting back to Total Warhammer, 
the way that uh, some people can say that Creative Assembly doesn't have a good uh, contact with the community, but it's it's not often that they contact with the community CA, but when they do, I think they do it properly because the way that they handle modding and how they're handling uh, even the memes that community are making. <laughs> yeah. Because we have a lot of situations right now around the world that you were saying with the Skyrim mods. We have situations with what's happening Activision Blizzard right now, mm-hmm. how disgusting things, uh, deaths from Blizzard and Activision, not all of them, but some of them talking about people like Asmongold, for example, the biggest mm-hmm. influencer, the guy that's selling the game for them, is just terrible. And I think that Creative Assembly is really handling all of this perfectly. I think that we don't know about 90-90% that's happening behind the scenes with this game. Oh, for sure, yeah. But they are sorting things out. And I everything that we have right now <laughs> with this game, how amazing it is. For those of you who don't know, Norska was not planned as a DLC, but we got it. Because just people like it. Because people were yeah. asking for it. Just see, it, did it. Did it. There were they, so I, many. I yeah. sure that if people would not like it, we would never get Gorgon and Jabberslide. But they, we didn't want it caught. But we got it. But it's a different part. <laughs> <laughs> but there were so many memes about Sirtha Ek and his chariots and um, Are You a God and all this other fun stuff about yeah. Norska. They basically the community memed an entire faction into existence, and CA was just like, "Yeah, okay, here, take it." Yeah. Eight months later. <laughs> yeah. So I think that the biggest, uh, biggest thing uh, that you can say that is advantage of taking this game is CA mm-hmm. because CA won't allow this game to die. They... Supporting it in a way uh, with all those free updates, modding, community, it just works. As the guy from Bethesda said, you may have sixty heard of it. times better. <laughs> I it's hmm, I don't know what's safe to say here. I will say that before I have seen that uh how Games Workshop handles licensing out their things that other studios have had issues they could not resolve very easily. And here we are with CA still doing quite well 5 years later doing so well. That fantasy yeah. has like been just completely revitalized for a lot of people. Yeah, and uh, every uh, how can I say it? Uh, especially when uh, Games Workshop is uh, reviving the old world right now, and uh, uh, Total War Warhammer Three will be on the front of this promotion, really, because we just saw units that probably will be released as a tabletop soon. I'm so scared to get my hopes up. I've been hurt before. <laughs> <laughs> beers everywhere. There will be a lot of beers. Not beards, no. but beers. Like these animals, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh. But yeah, this not funny joke from my side, who I think will wrap up this podcast episode uh, of why you should play Warhammer 2 and why you should not play it. Overall, this is not a surprise. Both Luz and I think that you should play it. You should oh, yeah. just play it because we are still playing it with mods, without mods. We're just playing it and having fun. Matter of fact, as soon as we're done with the podcast, 
I have uh, Cadron's Mod Manager open on a different screen that I plan to uh, start playing around with Total War Warhammer. I hope you are not playing while we're recording. Of course not. I'm a professional, kind of. I, I, of course not, but I need, I need to click and turn here. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, guys, you can listen us on uh, Ancorn. Anchor is a site that has a lot of uh, other uh, podcast sites like Spotify, RRS, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, and Breaker. You can listen to us on all of those, also on YouTube. And remember that you can follow Luz on my Twitch. And I also have a YouTube that is kind of dead, but it will come back eventually. Yeah, everything is in the description. And also you can uh, link this podcast subscribe subscribe to it like it and uh push push the bell How push every it? button that you can find yeah push every button that you can find on the bottom of this video <laughs> and also support us on uh sfo patreon where rewards are linked with this podcast and also luz doesn't know it but on the beginning of this episode we will have a first honor patreon of it. So uh, it, w- it will be a surprise for you uh, when it will be released because it is one of the, uh, our SFO rewards that uh, for every YouTube video that, you, that we have, we have an honor patreon. So yeah, you will be surprised. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> oh, this wasn't in my contract. <laughs> <laughs> that we don't have a contract. And with this good... Again, not funny joke from our side. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening and I hope we will see and listen, hear each other quite soon. Take care, everybody. <laughs>